Hey, what's up, Geekscapists? Welcome to episode 208 of your favorite weekly movies, video games, and comic news and reviews podcast. I'm Jonathan Lennon over here on the left side, joined by Brian Walton, off-screen, off-camera guy, as has been described at times. And every week, I like to get a, uh, a guest or a group of guests to talk about the latest news and reviews in movies, video games, and comics for that week. Sometimes they're involved in film, sometimes they're involved in comic books, TV, video games. This week, we've got a cool mixture of both. This is Zane and Bria Grant. You guys may recognize Bria from her time on Heroes, right? You came on to Heroes in season three, right? Correct. Two. 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 No, 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 season three. three. Definitely season, three. Season two is when Hero like went back in time. Well, there, okay, so there's the confusing thing about okay. um, you know season two was short because of the writer strike, yeah. Oh, yeah. and then season three started up, and they kind of divided three into three and book three and four is what mm-hmm. they called it, and I was in both book three and four. And you might have missed her because she was going through the screen really fast. You true. played like the speedster, right? That's true, that's true. Oh, and then Zane, what is the story here? Because we met at uh, WonderCon. And that is correct. The, 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 the lovely siblings were our guests at WonderCon. They were signing at our booth copies of their uh, comic book from IDW Publishing, We Will Bury You. They had uh, like little posters that you guys could get if you dropped by the booth. And what's awesome is IDW was nice enough to send us copies of the trade paperback that's been uh wait has this been released yet guys or is this about to be released yeah it's been released it's out yeah it's been released so those of you who bought it thank you but you got to be kicking yourself because i've got a couple copies here free that we'll be giving out over the website so you're going to want to check out geekscape.net and uh, i read the book it's a 1920s like zombie outbreak in uh kind of coney island you know swinging 20s style new york city um We've obviously seen a ton of zombie outbreaks recently, but nothing that is a period piece in this kind of specific time period. Uh, you guys co-wrote the book? It's true. And then you've got this artist, uh, Kyle Strom, and yeah. he's got kind of this Richard Corbin style artwork. You know, he's kind of got this cool artwork where you can kind of see the, I- the ink kind of, uh, it's not covering the pencil, it has, it's just as expressive as the pencils would be. Mm-hmm. Um, those of you guys who uh, like that kind of artwork, um, it's really, co- it's crunchy. That's yeah. how I would describe it. How would you? I mean, how'd you guys get to get together and put this book out? Um, well, he's really great. <laughs> well, I first said that you were asking um, how we got together, yeah, and I, I was like, well, we're well, you guys are brother, brother and sister. How did you guys get together so. uh, to collaborate? I mean, because my, my brother and I, we don't collaborate at all. Like, uh, mm. my brother, you guys know, was a professional wrestler. The extent of our collaboration was him hitting me with a folding chair. <laughs> that was it. I was like, ah, we're never working together. <laughs> right. What that, about you guys? Our collaboration actually started the same <laughs> way. Yeah, that's how we start every morning, actually. Zane hits me with a folding chair, and then we that's start right. working. Does that knock a couple ideas out of you? Put them on paper. Yeah. What was it like? I mean, because you were living in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and you were here in Los Angeles Correct. acting, and was it a collaboration that started with you guys doing like a, like a cross-continental thing? Well, we've always worked together. I mean, uh, since we were kids we grew up in a really small town in east texas and i think basically we only liked each other we had a couple of friends <laughs> but you know we for the most part we sort of stuck by each other and so we've always played in bands together you know um zane's always written stuff and so when he he called me up maybe a couple of years ago and was like we should write a comic or actually we started writing screenplays <laughs> and then went moved over to comics because screenplays are hard to write turns Sc- out Screenplays are hard to write, and in this town, you understand going into meetings, and I, I finally got, got into comics myself because I was fed up of going into meetings and having people be like, is it based on anything? Is it, does it have an established property? And sure. Like, oh. And I mean, you guys see it happening in Hollywood with like, the derivative nature of a lot of things happening with 
uh, comic book adaptations and properties and sequels and this and that, you do find that out as a creative wanting to write original stories. Screenplay has really got a tough go of it. Yeah, yeah, and I think in comics now it's a problem because you know we it's basically has to be translatable to to film. I think in many ways people want to know if it's translatable to film once you start pitching an idea. Yeah, it's definitely a question that comes up, and I think I mean we're often critical of as as comics fans of you know people who are writing just to make it into a movie or something. Tyrese! How dare you, sir? How dare you, Walter? How dare you? And and it's so apparent it's when tissue. that's the case. Um, but we're definitely passionate about writing comics. Um, but it is it is kind of weird, or it is a direction that the industry is taking. So mm-hmm. even when, you know, the most diehard comics writer tells you, like, no, I don't, with the exception of Alan Moore, <laughs> like I would, I would hate it to be a movie. It's like it's something that, you know, the publisher is thinking about. Yeah, Dave Gibbons went for it, and Alan Moore was right. like, "No, I'll sit this one out." You know, um, it, and there's really no fault to him. I mean, as a storyteller, you kind of want as many people as possible enjoying your story. So, uh, even though I've really enjoyed writing comics and getting into the structure of it all, and being able to pace a story in that specific way without the help of you know, I mean, it's it's, ba- it's paced based on the reader and how much the reader wants to flip through the panels and go flip through the pages. But in a film, you have more of that control of, of pacing and you can manipulate a, a little bit more distinctly and you have more tools. And As, a, as finding, a director yeah. and an editor, right? It, yeah. for, with film. Yeah. But I would yeah. say as like an actor, I have very little control over the pacing Rhea, of the film. <laughs> you are one of our tools. Rhea, talk slower. <laughs> you I mean, are the, I mean, it's the, only you thing are I the really tools do. that we are using oh, to I manipulate. See. I see, I see what you're saying. But as a storyteller, yeah. now you've got control. You were sitting there with a comic book and you pick what's on the panels. I read through your book and you guys are very specific as to where the page turn goes and what happens on the other side. Is it going to be suspense? Is it going to be more character? You know? Thanks. It's a nice little story. This 1920s uh, zombie carnage <laughs> it is a nice heartwarming thing. Why did you guys? Um, so was it the first thing that you guys collaborated on as comic book creators? Yeah, we actually um, we wrote a lot of scripts within the same world before we pitched mm-hmm. it out, and um, yeah, we had I don't know 150 pages of comic script <laughs> kind of thing, and then we were like, all right, which of these stories do we like? And um, we kind of worked them out. Like, what's adaptable to yeah. a, a medium that... Right. Yeah, I mean, we wrote them in comic script form. Oh. Yeah, to begin with. Um, so they're all 1920s, all 1920s stories. Why but the fascination? I don't know. I mean, I I was a history major. Zane also enjoys his history. History. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I think... We wanted to just explore um, alternate histories, you know, worlds in which uh, uh, how it would affect the world today, how it would change histories, how it would change major events in history uh, if there was a zombie outbreak. This is yeah. Go ahead. I've always kind of thought the 1920s is a very uh, interesting time period because so many things that happen in the 1920s are based on single incidences happening, like prohibition happening, right, and World War One just ended. It's a very ripe time for fiction, uh, whether it be steampunk or zombie outbreaks. It's a very rich time to, to pluck from. You're right. There, there, I mean, and you guys touch on it literally within the first one or two pages of the book. There is this push towards structure and morality and uh, re, like a, like a re-cleansing of society. 
And right in the middle of it, why not throw a bunch of flesh-eating zombies? Like, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, wh why zombies? I'll ask you that. Sure. Um, yeah, I think that a lot of time, I mean, zombies can be used to represent a lot of, a lot of different things. I mean, just like, you know, werewolves or hypermasculinity in a certain mm -hmm. sense most of the time. Um, I think zombies usually represent uh, sort of mob mentality. Um, there's a conservative element to them, depending on who the protagonist is in the story. Um, that they're just trying to maintain the same. I mean, they're victims in a way, of course, of a disease, but it's kind of like a, it's not a self-conscious disease. It's a loss disease. of self. Yeah. Right. It's loss something. of identity? Yeah, it's a loss of identity, and um, I think that depending on who your protagonist is, it's like, it's going to sort of speak to whatever element of society is going to survive, you know? And so I think it's always, it, it serves very easily as a metaphor, and it's sometimes forgotten, but um, that's kind of, we wanted to use it as allegory, as a little heavy-handed. You guys always get heady when you write, or sometimes yeah. you just, like, like fuck it, let's just fuck some shit up. Like, do you guys sometimes just like, you know what, let's just go crazy. I, I actually, I've been writing um, this series just for fun of, uh, of sci-fi erotica stories, and um, they're really just... Can we find these online? They're mostly uh, weird. I mean, the audience wants to know. It's, yeah, are these um, available? Not, any... not yet. I'm still working through them. Star Trek slash fiction? Yeah. Not even. Well, it, it's mostly like depressing erotica like <laughs> kind of stuff. Like the one I wrote this morning wait, was wait, about... It's the one you wrote... Depressing erotica. The one you wrote this morning... Yeah, the one I wrote this morning was a, it was about a, a, a man who's you know, having he's performing acts with a uh, with a. I don't how how crude can I be? No, no, be as crude he's as you want. Six, he's 69ing with a sex bot. Okay, it happens. And she dies, or she just like shuts yeah. down. You know? Yeah, she freezes. Her computer right. shuts down. And right before she, you know, in in the height of the moment, she has this weird glitch where you know she tells this bit of her life, um, and and how she came into the situation as a sex bot. Like Cherry 2000? Did you enjoy that movie? Remember it's Melanie uh, Griffith? What? Cherry 2000? Very Chuck Palahniuk of you. Uh, well, you know, what, what's great and why, why, my, why my listeners uh, can relate is uh, many of them last night were uh, playing the PlayStation Network and they were in the height of battle and it just shut down and they were kicked out of all their games and they were like, no, I was about to win! What, what is happening? Exactly. Please. You've always had that happen and all you're doing is adding a uh, specific sexuality to it. Right. Do you hear him cry in his room? <laughs> like, do you hear him crying or self-flagellating in any way? Do you hear like some, something perverse? You guys are roommates right now, right? We are roommates right now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. excited. He's yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm like, well, it's, I mean, I usually write, yeah, I usually write them in the morning. That's the Wait, breeze up. I got to stop writing. <laughs> Pretty much. As soon as, as soon as she comes home. I hope my crying didn't wake you, sis. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a great script. <laughs> I'm imagining Zane, much like a raccoon, typing... <laughs> like, oh, I should stop typing these depressing future love stories. I have another one about a guy who's a scientist. <laughs> he's, he's a scientist, and he 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 figures out a way to traverse infinity so that he can find another version of himself at some other point in his like oh, right in in the universe. In an alternate universe, or, or well, to have sex with. To fuck. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, and so it's about the people in the bar Why when he finds the guy. <laughs> well, no, that's that's the and how bit. weird they think it is. Okay, so the so guys are hanging out in this bar and like, there's a dude in there and then the same dude walks in. Yeah. And is like, you time to fuck. <laughs> and they're like, what? Pretty much because I'm not it was both. It shit. was both of their fantasies because they're the oh, same person. Why? What's the age difference? 
Oh, you know, it's like five years oh, okay. or something. It's pretty oh, okay. close. He's like, you know, in three years, you're going to figure out how to traverse infinity. Wow. And I'm here to bang you. <laughs> um, There's I, a guy. Wait, wait, wait. I mean, I mean, so, 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 so time travel isn't a closed loop. Because you would think well, he'd already been banged. Yeah. I mean, it's not time travel. He's like, oh, I it's remember the, getting banged by this, myself five years ago. It's this idea that, that if you, if the universe is infinite, eventually everything has to repeat itself, including you. Right. And so there, if the universe is truly infinite, there's another version of you somewhere in a similar world. Which I think just answered your heady question just then. <laughs> you the you, are, you yes. are heady and fuck shit up at the same time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was trying to say. You know what? You just gained the respect of this entire audience. Yeah, okay. But 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 really, Zane, um, publish this. Right? Publish this. Because the world needs to know. If anyone wants to publish these masterpieces. It's actually, it's actually Uatu the Watcher. That's what I've been searching for all these things. That is amazing. That is... But I do have to say... He bent my mind like 15 minutes into the episode. But I have to say that Kyle... Where did the comic book? Oh, right here, right here, right here. Kyle is, is amazing and does bring a lot to it. And I hate when, you know, people you do interviews about, yeah. and they don't they don't talk about the other people. So Kyle is amazing and he does amazing art and he sure. does like to fuck shit up. I mean his yes. the stuff that's in there, a lot of the stuff we did not we did not say make sure her guts are spilling out and, and leaking onto the floor and that's what he did. Which well, what is about amazing. The, the narrative uh, the, the narrative theme of the flies that happened that's, in the book. That was Kyle. That was Kyle. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Because it was strong, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, you'll, you'll, you guys will see. Go get the, the issues or go get the trade paper back. It looks like this except without the signatures. For the signatures, you're going to want to check us out on, on the website. But uh, go check ben it out. Ben yeah. did uh, cover. Yeah, Temple Smith did the cover. Ben yeah. Temple Smith did a cover. Um, yeah, this this book, you, you're right. He does give it a bit of uh, a little bit of an anarchic feel. Yeah. To yeah it, you sure. know, it, it gets a little punky. Yeah. And, and uh, it's expressive. Yeah, yeah. You know? and he's, he has an issue of Hackslash coming up that he did, and it's, it's going to look Another awesome. friend of ours, Tim Seeley. Yeah. So yeah. he did the art on that, and... There's a drinking game that goes with the book. What the, is this drinking? The game? drinking game. It's drinking alone while you're reading the book. Oh shit! And oh, is he okay? Is he <laughs> it's been a rough week. Wait, no, no, no. <laughs> I want to hear this game. Welcome's <laughs> <laughs> like no. And it's um, every time eyeballs like gush out of a zombie's head, you know, you take a shot. <laughs> because oh, Kyle yeah, really likes to draw. That. He loves he loves gushing eyeballs. They're a lot, and we didn't Flying. specifically write that in any I nev- panels, We never wrote that. But it's why did you drink two fifths of vodka? Mm-hmm. It was gushing eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> you does he drink a lot? I'm worried. I, no, I, He's I just fine. Care. He's gonna be fine. I care. We okay. connected at WonderCon. I we care. Mm-hmm. He brought it up, so I need to bring it up just yeah. because Hackslash. Uh, I gotta bring it up. Uh, so you dressed up as Cassie Hack for Halloween. I did. I was Cassie Hack for Halloween. Okay, we have a buddy who has a fan campaign trying to get Allison Scagliotti from Warehouse oh, 13. Oh, Warehouse sure. 13 yeah. cast as Cassie Hack. Um, so I should, so I should take I should take him out is what yeah. you're saying or her I guess you I should take them out. Cassie Hack. Well, I'm very, I'm very blonde now, but I was I had dark hair and yeah. I put I put photos on on the internet and <laughs> on the on Where the world wide web. Um, and I sent Where them are these to Tim. Where's this erotic sci-fi <laughs> I sent them to Tim Seeley also they and was like right and now. wanted him to and and he he liked it I thought and they got yeah people were really responsive. I think I put up one photo and people I keep finding them places on. Various websites. Has anybody photoshopped it? 
like inappropriately. No, no, not at all. I even had a bat. I had like a bat. I went all out. I had like, like the bat it was, with it a spike. It was pretty good, right? I, I, I mean, considering I, you know, threw together with things at my house and wow. you know, <laughs> which you, means says a lot about my closet. Do you get protective of your sister when she's putting like photos out there? No, or something yeah. like that? Like, I don't there care. There are perverts on the internet, right? Are you, I don't know. He's like, there are no perverts on the internet worse than the one on the other side of this wall. <laughs> <laughs> I hear his cries at night. I'm so depraved. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, is this the, I mean, but there's more comic book work that you got, maybe even uh, within this own storyline. I mean, like you said, like it opens itself up to what's the situation in Europe? What's the situation five years later, ten years later, modern day? We will bury you. What's going on there? You guys looking to explore it further? Is it based on sales? Do you need the support of the Geekscapists to continue the story? What do you need? That would be nice. Come get it, it is based on it is based on sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that like the way most miniseries work now is you know they so many people are doing miniseries because they want to see how it it tests out and it's it's cool. Um, our sales have been pretty good. Yeah. We would like to do more. I think also what happens we got we got like out zombified a bit. I think I think the zombie we wrote this like three years ago and and then it took a really long time you know comic book just because of a bunch of stuff that happened and the world of comic books it took forever to come out and then by the time it came out there were so many zombie things everywhere that I I think we we got we got a little like lost in the in the crowd a little bit Um, not to say that our sales were good well, you guys, well, maybe ZombieCon this year? We'll talk about it? Yeah, we, we want to go. That is we, our we, sponsored we, convention in Seattle? It looks awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I know like you guys are, me. I, We want to go. <laughs> I, I know you guys are doing, like, a lot of conventions. Any chance of seeing you guys at, at San Diego, maybe at the Geekscape booth again? Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. We we'll can be do there. that. We'll you be guys there. are there. You have a spot to sign more books, awesome. like, and sell them. Like, yeah. mm. try and make that number that's going to get more storyline going on. That's true. Right? If we could we sell like 10,000, could you guys get like 10,000 people? 10,000 of you guys show up and buy this book, please. That would, that be, that would be nice. IDW Thank only you. has 1,200. You tell <laughs> IDW to get over here. <laughs> no, I got the, when I oh, was really? getting oh. those books, we emailed They're almost sold out. Like, we only have 1,200 left. If you could help us clear that out. We can justify more. Do you hear what did they really said? did they really say that they that way we never have to talk to Brian Zane ever <laughs> again? Brian, are you talking? <laughs> we sell out. No, no, no. Is this shareable information? She didn't say it was. Okay. uh, We're giving away five copies. She's like, oh, if you can help us push those final 1,200, that'd be great. That would be great. That would be great. 1,200 is like nothing. Okay. It's like, yeah. go buy one of those Borders bookstores. Like, go <laughs> <laughs> what, what you want to do is buy enough copies to justify a publisher being like, there's something about these two. I want that erotic fiction on the shelf. Mm. We yeah. got to get this Anybody who here. wants to draw some of these stories as, um. as com- in comic form. I'm not a very good artist. Uh. <laughs> I'll just draw penises on everything. There's <laughs> a Macintosh with a penis on it. <laughs> <laughs> there's a flying toaster screensaver Wait, with penises coming out of the toasters. Uh, yeah, uh, our buddy, yeah, there's a picture picture over there on the left that you'll see a Dracula if you look really close to the Dracula picture on my pin board uh, he has little penises for his fangs uh, our buddy there's a there's a group uh, of friends of ours who are doing a book for image called Moriarty it comes out this month in May uh, and um, you guys want to pick it up the artist we held uh, totally hostage at our booth and I had made him draw me a count calculate while he sat there his eyes lit up when you said. Well, here's the, he, well, here, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. Uh, we had a kid come by and ask for a commission, and commissioned him to draw a, a vampire. And the kid was like, "I'll be back in like 30, 40 minutes to pick up my my drawing." 
And I was like, dude, that fucker just left. You can do anything to the comic you want. You should totally just draw cocks for fangs. Or fangs for cocks. Cocks for fangs. I got it right. <laughs> and, and, and he goes, he goes, I can't do it to the kid. I can't do it. I was like, yes, you can. It's a moral fucking imperative to do it. He left. Fuck his shit up. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not doing it. I was like, then do it for me. So he drew me a Count Cocula. That is the story. I will give you guys the Count Cocula if you guys order a Geekscape t-shirt. I will slip it in there and you'll be like, oh, my Geekscape t-shirt arrived. Look, mom. And as you open the package, Count Cocula will come out. I feel like I need to order a shirt just to make sure no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> if Walton orders a shirt, I will make sure his shirt is not Count Cocula. The Count Cocula will go into one of you. Lucky. No, I'll get the Youth Box Heroes from last week. I do a little bit of research on, on uh, people who order the shirts. Uh, one of our buddies in Indiana ordered a shirt and, uh, and I knew he had a young daughter, so I got him like a Care Bears DVD that Corey Roberts gave me as a gag gift like a year ago. I was like, I gotta get rid of this Care Bears DVD. I'm putting it as a gift. And he was like, thank you. My daughter will love it. And I was like, it was a gag. <laughs> oh, so you, wait, so you Google stock the people that you... I don't Google stock, but they're on the don't. website. They're no, on the they website. volunteer too yeah. much. They volunteer see, too much. I see, These I are the see. people who wanted me to live stream my wedding last May. That just wasn't gonna... That just, I'm sorry, it just wasn't gonna happen. Oh, I put up a live stream, you just didn't know about it. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, just put a camera up in your bathroom Why too to live stream that. So. Why did you do I this? The no. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, oh, erotic nonfiction. <laughs> um, guys, let, let's talk... He went to the set of Predator on his honeymoon, so that would have been yeah, badass. I did. I did go to the set of Predator on my honeymoon. Uh, yeah. Um, it was her idea. Okay, guys. Let's talk real quick about a movie that came out. Um, my wife and I went to see Scream 4, Wes Craven's new iteration in the Scream franchise after, I think, almost 10 years. I mean, the thing, last one came out in, like, 03? No. 01? I was still working in a movie at the movie. Okay, so 01. And uh, in this one, the returning characters are Nev Campbell's character, uh, David... What's his last name? Um, David, uh, David, Courtney, Arquette. David Arquette, Courtney Cox, yeah. Arquette, maybe. I don't know what's happening with them. I just listened to David Arquette on Stern for like a week, and I still couldn't figure out what their marriage situation was right now. I just know it's, it's, um, it's like weird. It's amorphous. Um, so you've got this Scream 4, right? Which really I wanted to see Wes Craven do a little bit of his manipulating, right? I, I love horror directors. I love, uh, I love horror directors that aren't like torture porn directors. Sorry, Does that make sense? The way you say horror is funny. Uh, it, it, we're all from Texas, so you shut I'm your mouth. Horror directors. Right? Um, I like the way that they manipulate an audience. I like the way that they like have to design scenes. I think torture porn goes a little too far because of course you're going to react when something that gruesome is on the screen. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for subtlety. I'm looking for cool stuff. you know. And I go into this movie, keep in mind Laura's older than me, the whole scream thing passed her by she wasn't into it but I wanted to see the film and for the first it's a 90 minute movie first 70 minutes of the movie I started to look at the events unfold basically Nev Campbell returns to her old town where David Arquette is now the sheriff in the first movie he's like a beat cop type guy now he's the sheriff of the town he has a marriage with Courtney Cox's uh, character who has written a successful book series on the first Scream movies or the, the events of the first Scream movies uh, that have gone on to become successful books and successful movies and now she doesn't have a new story to write Nev Campbell returns and as soon as she returns the killer's back and you have all these young actors in it like Hayden Panettiere who you know perhaps uh, and uh, who else was in this movie? Like Allison Brie. Allison Brie. I mean really uh, a lot of like really cool young actors are in this movie almost Kind of warms my heart to see them. Like, oh, they grew up with the screen movies. They totally want to be a part of it, right? They're not that cool. I, I, 
like him. I like him. And um, in, in, in the movie is somewhat interesting. It, 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 like, it references itself a lot. It does a lot of uh, referencing reboots. It references the web culture that's developed since the, first, the last Scream movie and how you have to update things for the web now and you have to update things for um, the reality television craze. Um, so it does a lot of commenting on that. But for the first 70 like, minutes of the movie, I had felt as though perhaps I had aged myself out of the, being entertained by the Scream movies. You know, I felt uh, like it just wasn't working for me. As fun as the movie felt like it was trying to be, it wasn't connecting with me. Um, the kills are fine, but you start looking at all the loopholes, right? You've been educated by the screen movies to a point. Um, then, <laughs> once the bodies have really all started dropping and the killer has to come out and reveal themselves, the last 20 minutes of the movie, and I can't ruin the movie for you, uh, the last 20 minutes of the movie are some of the most fun I've had this year in the movie theater. I was laughing, howling. It, it has some ridiculous moments. It has some really hardcore kills. And it's the kind of fun that you expected when you f f saw that first Scream movie and it made you jump. You know, when you see Drew, uh, Drew Barrymore in the first movie and you're like, oh, that's her main character. And right away she's taken out of the picture. That kind of surprise element is what the last 20 minutes had. And it was really fun. I walked out of there... 70 minutes in, if I had left the theater, I would have been like, man, that really wasn't that great. Poor Wes Craven. I love him, but uh. I walked out after the, the end of the full movie, and Wes Craven still has that ability to make us jump and make us jump around. Oh, it was like he, it was so great. It was like he was. segments they reshot. It wasn't? Yeah. It was end. like he was humming along at like three and four for most of the movie, being like, eh, 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 eh. and then at the end, he just cranked it to 11 and was like, let's watch them all jump. I loved it. I mean, I ended up loving the last 20 minutes of the movie, but you ha you do have to sit through the first 70 to get there. It's part of the design. <laughs> well, it's part of the design. You know, you want to start investing in some of these characters, even like a subtle level. Even watch your first 60 minutes of Rio and then go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even if you're annoyed by characters in a movie, you still keep tabs of how you feel about them. Yeah. And whether you want to or not, you end up invested. I felt like I wasn't invested in those characters, and as soon as things of actual consequence started coming around on screen, it really worked. So kudos to him. If he had designed the majority of the movie as kind of a self-referential lull in commentary on what had come before, he used the last 20 minutes to say, I'm back. And that's, that's great. For a director to be able to do that is awesome. And so I enjoyed that. Now if we could just get John Carpenter to do that. John, Car John Carpenter, oh man. Um, I didn't yeah. see his last time. I didn't see the um, it got the ward. Yeah, that, it was called the ward. It's the ward. The ward. It's. Uh, I never heard of it. It looked well. It got pushed because it looked so much like Sucker Punch, only like a horror mm. film. Because it was set in a in a mental yeah, institution. Yeah, a mental institution. They mm. just were like, we don't want to go up against it. Mm. And so I don't know when it's coming out now. Ghosts of Mars was I the one I saw. I thought it got good reviews. It, it went to a festival yeah. or two. I feel oh, like it got it? good reviews. Yeah. I, and you hear about that. You hear about like Toby Hooper doing movies that go to festivals but only get then released theatrically in Europe mm -hmm. and things like that. I remember being in London to shoot a video in 2008 and they had posters up for a Toby Hooper film. And I was like, what? This doesn't get theatrical release in the U.S. What is going on? I would love to see him pull my strings again. Never, you know. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is a really great film. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre, fucking life force. I made a Life Force reference to my wife the other night. She got it! She got it, wow. That's why I married her. Did you just wow. reference Life Force? <laughs> yes, I did. I will not tell you the context yeah. of the reference. I think that, that is private. I wish that those Masters of Horror things were still on TV. Even though 
a lot of them I didn't care for. Mm-hmm. I feel like, given some time, like they could have worked it out. You know, with the right, the right, they could have got different writers and stuff. I like cigarette burns. You did. Yeah, I, well, I was rejected. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's kind of the, that's kind of the strength yeah. of these things is some you like, some you don't, and yeah. the chips fall where they fall. That's right? true. Is that Deer Girl? Was that one? Yeah, of that one's hilarious. That may have been that one. Ridiculous. Laura thought that one was hilarious. It may have been that one. It may have been the one that Doug Jones was involved in that he talked about. Yeah, Masters of Comedy. Yeah, <laughs> you get yeah. that. I mean, have you, have you guys been part of an anthology as creators, as comic creators, or, or have you been part of an anthology as an actress? We have one coming. We're going to be in the Zomnibus that IDW is putting out. We are. Zomnibus. The Zomnibus, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but it's a, it's a reprint. Oh, it's a reprint of? Of, of Will Berry's story, yeah. But um, we would love to be in an anthology. Are you inviting? Yeah. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Perhaps. I mean, last week we had a... We had a yeah. just solicited yeah. this week for the anthology that you... I, well, I um, I I'm putting my book out through a company called Two Fifteen Inc. in Philly, and they were so awesome. And they asked me like, you know, all these comic book companies, why don't you go and try and write for them one of them? And really, I told them I was like, well, once you're at the party and everybody's been there for a while, it's not that Your much fun for said, a party. Yeah, he goes, go he goes, he, he, he didn't understand. He, like Andrew, your publisher needs a different job. Andrew, Two Fifteen Inc. He didn't say he didn't phrase it like that. He was like, Jonathan, I don't understand. Like with Geekscape, you know, all these publishers. Why aren't you trying to create for them? And I told him, I was like, I want to be part of, like, Dark Horse circa 1986. <laughs> I want to be part yeah. of what really got me back into comics, which was... Hardwire. Not That's 1996. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but seeing things like Paul Chadwick's Concrete, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, Dark Horse Presents just put out, like, a, a new issue. Mm-hmm. And I bought it. And I, I just remember, it all, like, flooded back to me, being like, oh, Frank Miller's Xerxes. Like, seeing, like, Frank Miller's uh, Sin City for the first time and seeing... Like Mac Alred do his work for the first time, and seeing the mask from John Arcudi and uh, it's just in Doug Mankey is just amazing. And I was like, wow, anthologies are a cool place to yeah. see if something works. Yeah. What what books got you guys in a comic? Yeah. Um, well, when I was a kid, my two favorite comics were I read Spider Man every week. I'd walk to the store, <laughs> and then I grew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. That was like my favorite, and I had I had um. At a, a signed copy by Aragonese that was like it was like issue eight or something. Like it was pretty awesome. What happened to it? Do you still have it, please? Yeah, it's still in Texas. Okay. In my dad's house. Um, but yeah, so those were the These big the things. things. I get excited about. <laughs> those are the big ones. But then I usually always buy just something random and weird mm-hmm. um, every week. So yeah, and then and then in college, um, I kind of got back into it through a friend loaned me the Invisibles and stuff, and I think I gave that to her. Yeah, that's what. Because I didn't start reading comics until college. That's when you got into comics for the first time. For the first time, Did you yeah. pick on him for reading comics prior to that point? It's no. Okay. It's okay. Well, technically... You're amongst friends. Yeah, no, no. Technically, <laughs> he's the older one, so he picked on me, I guess. But I don't know you why. need to read comics. Can you imagine that? A pro comics bully? <laughs> you need to read comics. <laughs> <laughs> Folding chair. Now write. <laughs> I'm going to go in my room and jerk off and retype. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I warned them, kind of, that this is what Geekscape is. It's sad erotica. I don't find it. Oh, it's sad erotica. Sexually sexually stimulating. Anybody who finds the erotica that I write sexually stimulating. I type this to break down my libido. Okay? I'm trying to get excited. Do you use it it as a way to to temper your your flame? That's right. My girlfriend lives in Brooklyn, and I have been chast to her. (laughs) For two months. Oh, 
okay. Okay. He's written 580 <laughs> stories. <laughs> They're all about like the horrible sexual futures that we can look forward yeah. to. Because really, like the internet has done so much to destroy American sexuality. In a way, you know, it's like it's like so lonely. It is based. <laughs> it is based in tears and pain. Yeah, yeah. like really. There's all this potential, like, you know, gay dudes have Grinder on their iPhone. Do you it's know what for, that is? Yeah, it, it's the app I where know. they can oh, find other guys the closest for a quick hookup. No, I have a story yeah. about Grinder At WonderCon. <laughs> okay. No, at are we ready WonderCon. for this? Okay. Brian right. Gilmore. Did you guys meet Brian Gilmore? Short guy, looked like Chaka from Land of the Lost. Pretty useless, <laughs> no. just hanging around the booth. Yeah, he hung around That's the booth. Cool. We asked him okay. to do things. He acted like we're we were... at dinner. Brian Gilmore brings out his iPhone. He's like... But we have a, a friend, Eric, he's gay. He's like, do you Eric have Grinder? You need to get Grinder. Well, he told, he told, wait, who's telling who this? Brian Gilmore's telling Eric okay. Diaz you need to get uh, Grinder. Yes. Eric's like, no, I, I'm not getting Grinder. It's I'm not, not the way I work. Grindr, sure. I like that. Sure. <laughs> Brian Gilmore takes a picture of everybody at the table, signs up for a group Grinder account, and then starts sending that out to people in the area because apparently Grinder works location based. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he like messages everybody the next day. We got a hit. They want to meet. And we're just like, I, I, I thought he was I like joking. that he has a group account. That's yeah, very progressive. Question, <laughs> question: Why are you friends with this guy still? Like, <laughs> he's trying to get you to go to like a yeah, orgy. It's yeah. uh, that's I awesome. I wonder how much. I wonder how many grinders end up in like some kind of violent situation. In a grinder. Yeah, like, like like you show up and it may not like be a bad Jesus idea for a story. I just, hey, like a bad idea for a story. Someone gets on this really app. Go ahead, take it. It's yours. It's yours. <laughs> guys, copywritten right here on Geekscape. You know it's true. <laughs> like, take it, run. Yeah. There is a a guy is crying, writing erotic fiction. He checks his cell phone. <laughs> he goes to meet somebody and they strap him up. There is a story in a in the Brooklyn Noir collection that uh, about somebody who's stalking women on the sort of Craigslist kind of thing, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, seduces this woman he thinks, but ends up getting murdered by her. She's actually stalking these sadistic mm. guys mm. and trying to clean the streets. Yeah. Well, that isn't that. That's also the basis for Red State. Well, go um, ahead and, and and do this. But not not our idea. Not oh. grinder. Oh, but yeah. I was gonna say so yeah, grinder's yeah, different. That, that involves an app, which right. is. I think it's cool. And yeah. And but so much to our twenty eleven. Like, I feel like that's the kind of thing that you would hope technology would be moving people towards, like less repression in a way but I feel like it's more I think I think that for the most part technology is making us more repressed so that's sort of the basis of my erotic my erotica stories like, you don't have to justify all this here I feel like I'm this, kidding, I'm kidding I feel like this should be subtitled Zane's erotica story Zane's erotica <laughs> stories um so you guys Wait, that's, yeah, that's what the hell? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Hey, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> Zane's erotica story. Don't stories? confuse yeah. me. That's why I can't break into erotica. I'm, I'm not the black woman it's erotica show, feminist. Right? Like, Zane, after dark show. It is. Zane, would yeah. you like a, a podcast here on the Geek Skew Network? <laughs> no, hey. Where you, you, just read, you just read your stuff out loud. <laughs> Put it out there. No, we should totally close with that. Yeah, you got the smooth, sensual sounds. Yeah. Hi, this is from my years and you could be like the new Red Shoe fucking diaries, man. <laughs> you could be like the new, uh, like, like what was it, USA Up All Night or whatever that, that remember uh, yeah. you used to watch? Oh, dude, that was my um, first exposure to trauma was through USA Up All Night. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. 
they a bunch of movies uh, I saw through that. That was like first exposure. Anything weird. Yeah. Uh, Picked uh, by Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah. Uh, and the other girl. Right. The, the girl. The girl who was like a sex pot or something, yeah. wasn't she? She, uh, she charges like a huge amount. We worked up in uh, Seattle. We tried to put together an up all night film festival. Oh. Showing up a bunch of those. And she charges an arm and a leg. Great idea though. To show things. up. Yeah. You know who How I love? I was trying to explain to my I was trying to explain to my film students who Joe Bob Briggs was. Oh, and yeah. they looked at me like I was crazy. Joe Bob Briggs yeah. used to host Monster Vision. Right. I have no right? idea what Your that is. Your film students didn't no even idea. know Ben Affleck directed Gone Baby Gone. Some of them did not. But <laughs> and I, feel, I don't know I that like, it's so. Joe Bob Briggs was like USA Apple Night. He would host a show called Monster Vision, right? right? And it turned out when when one of these uh, Fangorias or somebody became like when cable exploded in the uh, late in the 90s. Uh, they, there was like a horror channel It was one of these things That then ended up becoming Chiller or something You know Chiller mm. TV and all this And I remember the horror channel I remember being like Whatever happened to Joe Bob Briggs And wikipedia him And he was in charge Of the horror channel He had some big role In the horror oh, channel really? for a while I was like how appropriate Because he cool. was how I discovered like uh, Night of the Comet Which was one of my favorite yeah. Favorite, favorite movies I love Night of the Really? My first That's... student film Spores the movie In undergrad was a dork remake of Night of the Comet. It, we, it, we weren't grounded. We just didn't have anything to do when, when, when the comet hit and turned everybody into zombies. Every time I drive by the El Rey, I just get a little disappointed that it's not a movie theater and that, you know, that's not where I'm going to go to save myself from the comet. <laughs> the El Rey on, on Wilshire, yeah. That's, that's where it was filmed? Well, that, that's the movie theater she worked at. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to go. At the beginning of the do they still have Asteroid or whatever she was playing? <laughs> <laughs> cool. We actually wrote a song about Night of the Comet. She was so yeah, hot. Really. She was so hot. Remember she's the chicken yeah. uh, last starfighter? Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, I like her younger sister because it's like she's supposed to be like super well, they, she's super sexualized but she's like way under A. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they announced a sequel when they released the DVD and then the DVD didn't sell well so they're like never mind. The, the DVD of Night of the Comet? Yeah, MGM really? they announced they were going to make a sequel. It's just the, been MGM's problem. It's a combination of both. Yeah. The DVD didn't sell nearly as well as they thought it would because it's a cult hit. I mean, Night of the Comet is fucking shit. I love that movie. Um, guys, we're talking about uh, oh, we're talking about reinventing franchises and stuff like that with Stream Four. A little bit of news: Jeremy Renner is taking on Jason Bourne. Uh, now that David, uh, Jason Bourne, league. Jason Bourne. Bourne. Did I say Jason Thorne? You said Dorn. Jason Dorn? Oh, okay. Jason Bourne. Jason What's Bourne. This whole <laughs> Jason Bourne. Uh, you guys know that Paul Greengrass and Matt Damon aren't returning to the franchise, and so now we've got this new Jason Bourne, Jeremy Renner, who. Is old is an old is like almost Matt Damon is like Matt Damon's age almost so like yeah he's you would a lot older than you younger. think he's gonna be Dude, like you think senior trip was like I was a freshman in high school when he was hmm. like twenty two yeah he looks oh, yeah? he looks he looks really young because I remember looking at how old he was and he's much older but whatever. You know what? Ty- Are you doing research it's kind of for erotic fiction. <laughs> 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 Obviously, but you know what? Like, like as an actress, you can speak on this, but talent is talent and. Whenever a reinvention happens, and you see this with like the 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 youthifying of things like Superman and this and that, um, to tell a story, I, I always say get the right actor regardless of the age because the storyteller is that person is part of it. You know what I mean? Like he's part of that storytelling process. And when you see John Hamm play Dopey and Dignified in Mad Men, how can that not be Clark Kent and Superman? You know, and having a tool such as John Hamm at your disposal and telling a Superman story is a, is an asset. You know what I mean. And at a point, thinking that your franchise is going to sh- go five movies long, so you have to get somebody who's twenty. 
is a bit so you know what I mean what franchise goes five long with the same cast just do a damn good Superman story with the best guy available yeah. and if it's an older Superman story we know the origin story not only that I don't think DC owns the origin story anymore <laughs> so like just tell a damn good story you know what I mean I would show up to a Superman film I know what you guys are trying to do establish a first film for films to come later but you know, I think good stories is what we're going to start hunting for now once we get exhausted by that whole uh, franchising of, of uh, superheroes, etc. Well, I, think, I think they, they want to start with the origin story every time. And I, I, I think that's a mistake when these have become, I mean, they're, we think, know the story. We don't have to be retold the story of Superman. We don't have to be retold the but story of But I honestly think Warner Brothers Hulk. in this instance might be doing the origin story for legal reasons. Mm-hmm. To a certain extent, they, like you said, they have mm-hmm. legal issues. They could be trying to re-up a copyright. Right. Well, they, no, no, they lost it. Oh, they did? They, yeah, I mean, they, they lost things mm-hmm. like... I forget what they lost, but I remember when uh, when the family of uh, some of the, the, the creators of Superman... Siegel and... Siegel and, uh, and, uh, Schuster. and Schuster. Those guys own... One of their... Fa- the families own the, the, some of the, a lot of the origin now. Um, you have to license that to put it in a Superman film, I believe, or a Superman comic. Uh, knowing that... We know who Superman is. Let's have a, a grown Superman. Not a kingdom come Superman, right? But just a Superman. Go out there and kick ass. I'm not afraid of these one-offs. I understand why you want sequels and things like that. Sequels always do better. Spider-Man 3 outgrows Spider-Man 2, right? X3 outgrossed X2. They weren't better films, but the sequel potential is what gave you guys. Oh, yeah. X3 was a juggernaut at the box office. I mean, it's that first weekend. <laughs> the worst it's the juggernaut played. at the box yeah. office. You're right. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I'm Vinny Jones. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Remember when they worked that internet joke into the X3? I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Remember that Remember that internet uh, it thing? Was, I was like, I'm the juggernaut, the bitch. Somebody did. Oh, the third one hurt. An alternate dialogue line for old X-Men cartoons. And it was this very urban. Yeah, somebody uh, took an old X Men cartoon like, and dubbed it. And somebody dubbed it on the internet, and it became like a big thing. I'm the juggernaut bitch, and they were just running around doing that. And they put it in the movie. They put that internet joke into the movie Dude. because you know what? By that point, they had nothing to lose. The movie made a ton, and Spider Man Three made a ton. Like, I'm glad that worked out for X Three. Yeah. It didn't work out for Snakes on a Plane. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, that's the different thing, you know. I can go on and on and on about Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood. Uh, but is, what we're talking about is, is, is how do you feel as an actress? What are, what are the roles you would go out for? What is your, your ideal, if you had to do genre, because that's what we talk about here on Geekscape, if you, superheroes, what would you go for? Not, knowing that you've already played one. I have already played one. If, what it, wait, I didn't understand your question. Like if there's a, uh, an existing property. An existing property. Yeah, existing property. Well, who's we already your, talked about Hackslash. I mean, I, 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 would, I would go after Hackslash for sure if, if I had that opportunity. Um, would you kill for it? I <laughs> already have. Would your brother then write a story about it? <laughs> <laughs> Knowing it's his sister. She, I, gets, you she, know. Gets, weird, she gets weird at Geekscape. <laughs> That's what I'm talking I, about. It, the lighting is a little weird here in Geekscape. It'll, it'll come back. Yeah, it'll I don't know. Back. I mean, you know, I read a lot of it's stuff. Good. I would love. I mean, it, does it have to be comic books? Or read, you, whatever. Comic? And I, I, the William Gibson Bridge series is one of my mm-hmm. favorite um, uh, book set of books, and I would love to be involved in that. I don't know. I mean, ones that are coming out mm-hmm. right now. I, I, I don't know. I don't keep up on that as much 
as I should. As what about an actress. this? What, what, what about this? There, there are two female roles in this. Uh, we will bury. Oh, yeah. What about this? <laughs> I know we talked about, hey, we can just write comics for comics' sake and they'll yeah. be adapted. But you know what? Would you shy away from the dollar? Would you shy away from the dollar? It's like, hey, not only did you write it, you could be in it. And Zane, Zane, you know what? We're not forgetting about you. You can play a uh, zombie with, uh, with tears <laughs> and, and a boner. This is a boner. <laughs> There's a great zombie in a top hat that I really thought to have in there that he could, could play. In? Yeah, yeah, he could be the zombie. The top my wife bugs me to write my dogs into the comic book. She goes, "You should write your dogs, write the dogs into the comic book." And I'm like, "All right, if it's if, if it's right, I will write the dogs into the comic book." I'm still trying to figure out a way to write Walton into the comic book. <laughs> Why would right? you write me into your comic book? Because it's you're fucking awesome, and I love you. Buddy. You're pretty awesome. All right, I want I want you immortalized. Right, you will be the guy getting chased by the zombie with the bone. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you you can play. There's two roles there for you. Uh, yeah, that, we. They were not written for me by any any means. No, and, no, and one was def one is uh, is an uh, Ukrainian immigrant, and you I'm I am not. You're chameleon. She's a master dialectician. I I actually cannot do hard. I can't do a single accent. Every no, accent sounds, sounds the same. <laughs> let, me see, let me see your let me see your headshot and resume. It, it literally will say at the bottom. Do not ask to do an accent. No, it doesn't. Yeah, okay. No, but I I I, I can. That's true. I can talk. I didn't say the, the clip of my dialect. It's just I can't do accents. And we, we Zane likes to do accents. And then I try to mimic him and it doesn't work out. I can do it. It just takes me a lot of work. Uh, right. it, takes, it, it takes me weeks of sitting there Maybe and learning coach. the lines. Like a dialect coach. A dialect yeah. coach. Which I feel like, you know, people get. If that yeah. ever happened, but. I, I think in, in the the Incredible Hulk movie that Louis Leterrier did, the difference between um, what's the name of the actor who played uh, Abomination and uh, Emil Blonsky, um, the guy from Reservoir uh, uh, Dogs, he's on the tip of my tongue, Tim Roth. Yeah. But supposedly Tim Roth, they want he wanted a dialect coach to go Russian with the character, and they wrote him as an American because they just weren't going to spend the money on a dialect coach for Tim mm. Roth, and I was like. Ah! That yeah. being said, uh, is there a thespian perhaps hiding deep within you, Mr. Oh, Graham? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, Zane is uh, Zane. Well, Zane is a master improviser, Ooh. and what you may not know is that he's good at improvising song. It's song. <laughs> I'm really good at. I hate to put improv. you on the spot. Zane, Zane's a, um, nah. he's a UCB. He's a upright uh, citizens brigade. Oh, I know. Uh, okay. Performer yeah. sometimes. What would be a good song about your robot? <laughs> Do, could you do a song? Don't make him do a song. Okay. I can't sing okay. a song. I thought that's but. what you were doing. I thought you oh. were making him sing a song. No, no, no. I'm just telling you <laughs> okay. that he's capable of doing it. But, oh, to get away from that completely. <laughs> <laughs> you could not get away from your pastor. <laughs> didn't, you, didn't you, like, like in the Fantastic Four movies and, like, Doctor Doom, his oh, accent, his accent was, like, like the, it was different in both, right? It, One, he's like totally an um, like oh. an American or something. Yeah, like, yeah. and then he was British, and then yeah. it was like, okay, you're not. He pulled a Con Air, yeah. which is why I call it when an accent changes around a movie like Nicolas Cage with Con Air. Uh, I mean, if the lighting wasn't shifting like the weather here on Geekscape, you could see the blood starting to boil in my. No, at, the mention, actually, at, look, at the mention of weird, at the mention of Fantastic really well Four. Very good. Like well, she glows. <laughs> she glows. I try. She glows. I actually bring my own lighting kit I can't everywhere I go. Zane, but I know that I do not grow. I, I do not glow. Um, it's fantastic for you, Doctor Doom. The second he's eating in a diner with the thing, really? Yeah. This is a global <laughs> terrorist. And you guys have heard me rant on Fantastic Four. How, in the modern world, where the American family is one of the greatest fears was terrorism in the early '90s, you make a movie about a modern family 
establishing themselves and their roles within the family and within society as they become public and their biggest threat is a terrorist who has the resources and the uh, shelter of a foreign nation Taliban, Bin Laden, anybody? And you don't make that story! Right, like, like we were familiar with Doctor Doom. Right. Doctor Doom was real to us. Doctor Doom was attacking us, and they didn't make the movie about it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, I think there's a place for for cultural, like, social resonance in these films. Now right? I and know where you came to, up it, with your Sam script. Yeah, it doesn't have to be blatant, right? You wrote Bin Laden as Doctor Doom. Well, I, I, if you guys read the Super Action Man comic, I do. Uh, and, I, and I don't want to quickly pl I mean p You can now order The Super Action Man comic From your comic book stores And I'll, I'll do this very briefly It's um, order code May 111224 I'll throw it up on the screen But what, 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 what Super Action Man Allows me to do And I've thought about it Is it allows me to take Very complex things Like uh, foreign affairs and, and foreign relations And where the US fits As a very young nation In the concept of democracy As a very young concept In the uh, You guys are history majors Like democracy Has only been around A couple hundred years And it still has threats to it Right? The United States Civil War Democracy's been around Since ancient Greece Listen how long has man been around? I like how Walton uh, played. Walton, please. Excuse me. I have a point to make there. <laughs> please. What I'm saying is, right? A structured Modern democracy, democracy, right? Representative. Representative democracy. It's a way to talk about that stuff with a guy running around in his underwear punching people in the face. That is what I'm saying. It's simplification of concepts. Excuse me. I enjoy it, right? I enjoy it, right? If the Greeks perfected it, why the fuck do they have all these problems? You know what I'm saying? You and your... The Greeks don't have problems except budgetary. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They spent too yeah, much on yeah. yeah. Okay, so... Let's talk. Let's talk. Alright? You have another book. There's one. There's what is one this now. additional book? Suicide Girls, is that... The Suicide yeah. Girls, yeah, yeah. You guys are <laughs> What's the answer girls. to your question? Like suicide Girls? Is... You guys are doing a book for the Suicide yes, Girls. Alex. Now, what is the, what is that about? Because like, are they publishing it or is somebody else publishing it? No, IDW publishing. IDW, IDW publishes publishing. It. It's a branded story. It is right with all of those things. And that's that not an anthology. It. It's not other people it's doing a, it. It's, it's just you guys doing. Steve Suicide Niles Girls. is writing backup stories for it. Steve Niles writing backup stories. I'm just going to repeat everything you said. Okay. <laughs> what do you guys? Uh, what's the story? The story is Brie wrote the first issue. Okay. And then we. Of how many? Of four. Okay. And we, we co-wrote the rest of them. And um, the story is, one, there are three kinds of boobs in it. <laughs> wait, this is our biggest selling point is how many wait, kinds of boobs. The story is great. Okay. What are the types of boobs, please? Yeah. But if you don't like the story for some reason. There are boobs in it. There are real boobs in it. Real boobs? Not like, like, like photographs. Photographs, not like ones that pop out. Wait. <laughs> that'd be a different. That'd, that'd be a good seven. There are photographs of, of boobs. boobs in the book. There's Naked a pinup in the back. There's also a pinup cartooned in the back. Okay. Yeah, cartoon boobs. And then there's a mixed media pinup. I what believe. The fuck is that? That's like it's a cartoon with real boobs. Bam. Is that right? The other way. Though. I was just guessing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, okay. it's it's real boobs. It's, it's a, a real person with with, cartoon with cartoony with with the body. Yeah, cartoons. mixed media boobs. And you wonder why men in this society have. Unrealistic expectations. I thought you were. I thought you were gonna like <laughs> diversify based on like cup size. I don't know. This and three, that. three like, different. Three different. With the art style. Mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> how, how did you guys get involved? Yeah. In how did you Who get involved in this? And said, "Hey, you want to hey. read your fiction?" IDW. IDW approached. approached Chris Ryle. Yeah. I was yeah. hanging out with Chris Ryle at Comic Con in uh -huh. San Diego last year, and he said, 
we were, he was talking about properties that they had recently procured. He told me that they procured an Iron Maiden property. I oh, said, I am highly qualified awesome. to write that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and what would it be? Just like any running around crazy or some Dude, shit like that? I don't have no idea like, what they would want. But, you know, they do have that air, that airplane, and the singer is a certified jet pilot, mm-hmm. Eddie Air. And um, I don't know. I mean, it, the songs are all based on, on sci-fi yes. stories and stuff, right? So... Um, it could, there could be a Patriot, sh- the Patriot short. I don't know. And then, so, but I was like, that's awesome. Got, I don't know what happened with that. They, they haven't talked about it you again. You need to get on the phone and get that. I, I know. And then you call I, them right now. Get the phone. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and then he said that they also got the Suicide Girls. And I said, oh, I used to date a Suicide Girl, um, a while ago. <laughs> Is that where you cried? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no. Do she, they have issues? All of them? Like, there's like a, there are a lot of them. I think I'm sure some of them have, you know, just it's like probably anybody, like anybody. I don't know what the percent breakdown in comparison to the rest of society um, for mental health issues is. <laughs> I think that it's probably it's probably like a good like relative. I would imagine, right? <laughs> it's a healthy unhealthiness, right? I mean, it's probably like just like in art in right. In normal society, proportional, probably proportional. proportional. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's proportional. It's you just express it differently. One to one, or right, mm-hmm. two to one. Mm-hmm. Did that chick do <laughs> crazy one shit one. to you? <laughs> saying, did that do, chick do crazy shit to you? No, no. Oh, okay, well, she's yeah. nice. All right, cool. And you were like, with this experience at my fingertips, I and the man qualified with my <laughs> sister <laughs> to write the suicide well, girl comic. And in the beginning, she wasn't involved in the talking, and then she pitched it. Yeah. You pitched it. I did. I pitched the idea. They You're like move aside, Grant. Like I like you got us in the door. Well, I think they wanted they really up. wanted um a woman a woman, a woman yeah. to write it. And so I pitched I wrote an idea and it was about um fighting I don't remember what my original idea. What it ended up being was it's about a group of sort of elite uh fighting women taking down a um uh religious Technology filled um, so corporation. That's good. They go into like yeah, you know situations in which they, it is suicidal. I guess. Right. It's like heavy metal. Remember he- reading heavy metal as a kid, like loving that stuff. You, can't you read, read the that heavy as, metal as an magazine. Adult comic. <laughs> <laughs> but you read it as a kid. No. I've never read it. Oh no. <laughs> I've read it recently. Oh right. They would have a, You're proving your age, buddy. I, I'm not proving my age. I read heavy it as metal. a kid. No, heavy metal as a kid is like. Oh, the 80s. That's oh, that's the 80s. Did. Yeah, that's the yeah. 80s, baby. Dude. Like, I read that. I re- had already moved on to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles by then. Yeah, I read, I read, I read, I discovered heavy metal in the late 80s. Yeah. And the John Candy weird movie. <laughs> Remember the movie, the yeah, heavy metal movie? Yeah, he did the voice of everybody. Oh, yeah. But, um. Yeah, I mean, so this is not an anthology. This is a series. When is this series going to come out? Um, the first issue came out on Wednesday. La- on Wednesday, oh, last, this just came out. Last just Wednesday. came out. And, and you get that's... two in one day. Two came out in one day. No, no. the no. second one came out. Issue no. two came out. No, issue one. Issue, issue one. one. Issue one came out, out last Wednesday. Last Wednesday. Last Wednesday. Okay. It was a variant a with a extra month. boobs. Yeah. There's a variant. It, it was variant it was the variant with extra boobs okay. came out Wednesday. Mm. From what I understand, there's a there's another one. I, I don't think understand. There's another one maybe coming out. I'm I don't know. I, one call IWNS. One issue came out, and then a variant came out like on a separate week. Let me get on. My no, no, no. The variant came out. The came, <laughs> variant, I think, came out 
with the first as like a it's like the special big one. Is that the real boob or the boobs. Oh, is that the cartoon boob? I think that's the. <laughs> it's yeah, all of That's them. the combo. That's okay. the wild. And then, combo. And then you can get one without. I, I think there's one that's without like uh, the, the special the special naked girls in the back. Oh, you can get a censored yeah. version. Yeah. But there's well, there's naked girls. There are naked girls in the story. In the story. Also. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because it's based yeah. on a website that is about. Do you know Suicide yes, Girls? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Because it's based on a website full of naked girls. I remember the first time I heard about Suicide Girls, uh, my buddy Anthony, I was shooting a, a music video in 2001 for a band called Bayside, and they're from New York. And I remember this band, and the, Anthony was like, I got a, somebody's like password to, to Suicide Girls. I was like, what's that? He goes, oh, it's all these tattooed like hot chicks. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, but that's cool. Yeah, you know, and you're tattooed. You, I mean, I is, is there a specific subculture for Suicide Girls, or can we all enjoy the Suicide Girls comic book because it's got action, as you say, and boobs. Yeah, who doesn't like boobs? I think there if you're you if you are disturbed by female nudity, yeah, you, don't get it. You should just read it for the articles <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> the story is really great. Fourth category: articles, <laughs> article boobs, and uh, boobs. I mean, it's a great. It, we wrote it as kind of a spy fi story. Uh, that's spy and science spy, fiction yeah. mixed like together, um, and there's this whole thing about this like techno cult is like trying to brainwash all these people and alter their memories to change the history of the world. And Suicide Girls mm-hmm. ain't having it. And Suicide Girls, uh, not on my watch. Yeah, that never appears. That line never. Appears. Fuck you. One of my friends was you, was dad. surprised. He was like, I picked up your comic. I was a little taken aback by all the nudity, and I was like, "You were concerned about a comic book based on a on a porn website." Side, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're you you thought there wouldn't be nudity in it. Like that was what was surprising to you. That's but you weird. were a nice girl. Do you think that surprised him? That that a nice girl and her nice brother who cries and types in his room uh, about erotica. Do you, that, that did it surprise him? He was like he was like I just didn't see this craziness coming out of you. I'm gonna so tell you nice a big secret. Yes. Nice girls have boobs too. <laughs> All right. The things you, you learn. You guys, write write that down. There is a fourth type of boob. Nice girl boob. Yeah. Nice Those are not boob. in the comic. Nice girl not boob. At WonderCon, uh, we stopped by the the booth. Uh, the Suicide Girls booth was right around yes. the other side of ours. Oh, yeah. We stopped by. Uh, not a lot of Suicide Girls knew they had a comic book coming. Oh no! Oh no! Well, well, we're not going to let that problem go unsolved here on Geekscape. You guys, it just came out—the first issue, the variant, and something else. I don't know. Uh, go find it. It is. It is. It is. It's got mixed media boobs. It's got cartoon boobs. It's got real boobs, and it's written by nice girl boobs. So, <laughs> so please uh, go get the Suicide Girl comic book, and it's called Suicide Girls. Okay, that, it should be easy to find. What you also want to do when you're going to that uh, fine comic book establishment looking for your uh, Suicide Girls is pick up a copy of We Will Bury You. Uh, we're also going to be giving away, let's see, we have a couple, uh, we have four copies uh, here. We're going to be giving away on the Geekscape website. That's geekscape.net. You're going to want to go and make a Geekscape profile if you don't have one already. And we'll make, and we'll, we'll make like a bulletin board thing. How do you want to do it? We'll figure, we'll figure it out. You want to look around the site, check out some news, check out some original articles. We have new ones every day. And talk to your friends there on the forums. Watch a Geekscape episode. Listen to some of the other Geekscape podcasts. Zane's going to have his uh, erotica porn uh, storylines as as read by himself uh, through, through tears. Uh, With accented to, voices with for accent every character. Voices. And, and he's going to sing one. He's also going to sing the, the, the songs. Oh, <laughs> they're going to want it. We can't give it to them. Uh, <laughs> Go to the Geekscape website. Where can we find uh, the th- all things Grant? 
Well, uh, you guys have your own sites. Yeah, I'm BriaGrant.com. Mm-hmm. And Twitter is at BriaGrant. At BriaGrant. And I'm ZaneGrant.org. They're an organization. I'm an organization. Yes, yeah, sir. ZaneGrant.com, somebody else. And it's, yeah, at ZaneGrant on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Hit me up. In future, future projects, we know about the We Will Bury You, we know about the uh, um, the Suicide Girls. Um, what is some more stuff that we can expect from you guys? You guys have... Um, yeah, I have a, well, acting oh. or writing. Oh, shit! Can we I, forgot to uh, tell you guys! Yeah. Sci-Fi Channel, this summer, Ice Road Terror. On June 11th. June uh, 11th. Yeah. It's a, it's a sci-fi monster movie that I that I star in. That comes out June 11th. I wrote it down. I totally forgot to tell you guys about it. So, She, she plays a scientist who uh, hitchhikes with an ice road trucker and then is beset by a frozen lizard. It's and we're not talking about his lizard. He's like, hey, baby, uh, I'm a little cold right now. You might warm me I was really impressed with, with your breakdown lizard. until that point. No, I was really a impressed. A giant fucking lizard chases the truck, right? It's like the duel, but being chased by a giant fucking ice lizard. You're going to want to watch it. While Bria tries to figure out with her scientific style how to stop it. Right? June 11th. Mm-hmm. Sci-Fi Channel. Zane, Zane has a comic. And Colonel Ty is in it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Colonel Ty. Colonel, the guy who oh, plays yeah. Colonel Di- Ty oh. is in, is in, in my... Yeah, also, from Battlestar. Uh, Deathstroke. Um, and Ty Olsen, who was also in Battlestar for, for a little while. They're both in it. So. A hit film. And on uh, ZaneGrant.com, you can find out that he has a web series. Webcomic. It's a webcomic <laughs> called Detective Warlock, Warlock Detective. That's right, with my friend Jonathan Spees, and it's going to be awesome. Horror comedy. We'll, th- we'll throw some of those up on the news. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah, we'll get the word out. Awesome. That's what we do here. Uh, we'll see you guys next week, and now we're going to show you guys some interviews we did with the Doctor Who writers and cast and, crea- and director from WonderCon last week with our good friend Stephen Prescott. See you guys next week. 209. I act like I'm writing something. I'm not writing anything important. Yeah, it looks important. I kept looking at it like you were writing no, something. No, nothing important. Hey, Geekscape. This is Steven. I'm here with Mark Shepard. Mark Shepard, legend. Well, if I do this, you actually look like Matt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, stand up on my face. Um, legend. So, I like that. You are. I, mean, I wasn't in that movie. No. That's one of the few things you haven't been True. in. True. I, I mean, I don't, you're finally in Doctor Who now. Oh. I think we've, we've been uh, waiting for years for that to happen because you've been in all of the fantastic genre shows that we love, you know, Firefly and things like that. So, Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. What was it like uh, being finally being a part of Doctor Who? And oh, my word. I, I like, as Doctor Who got bigger and bigger, you know, I thought the chances of me actually doing it would become slimmer and slimmer. But luckily... Uh, Luckily, I, I, I caught it and yeah. grabbed on with both hands. I'm so happy to have done it. It's been a lifelong ambition to be to be on that show. And, awesome. Uh, just an amazing experience. Cool, cool. And uh, so your character, Canton Everett III? Canton Everett Delaware III. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. You're the first Sorry. in the middle name there. Yes, yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your character? No. <laughs> just talking about the fact that... that my life revolves around keeping secrets. I yeah. think it's amazing. It's like we've removed my name from so many credits on so many shows, <laughs> just so people don't. Oh, we, we need to. We need to. We need to is that speak up? He's saying. Was yeah, it? yeah. We um, we've removed my name from so many credits on so many shows. Oh yeah, the visual was amazing. <laughs> Film this. Show us what he was doing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Um, so, so I don't, I, where were we? Anyway, um, and uh, your dad's in the episode. He is? Wow. Ah, that see, could be I, cool. Okay, fine. Be that way. It's all right. What can you tell us? 
April 23rd, BBC America. I can, I can tell you this. I can tell you this. It's the best baddies I've seen yeah. for a long time. For who? Um, bringing who to America has just made this production huge. Um, it's an amazing, the two-parter is an amazing story and Stephen Moffat is going to be responsible for an awful lot of people not sleeping at night. Nice. And As if he hasn't done that before, now he's going to do it even worse. It's, it's fantastic. I'm yeah. really excited. I mean, Matt is my doctor. That's the way it goes. Right on. It's a great thing. <laughs> and you got to be in the TARDIS a little bit. We saw you in the I trailer. Did? We saw you in the trailer. I did? In the TARDIS. Have you heard? It might be bigger on the inside. I have. <laughs> it's, there, is, there are some dreams that one has, and some of them become fulfilled, and, and it's an extraordinary thing. And it's yeah. going to be so much fun to be able to talk about this after it's been shown. <laughs> I was at a convention in Chicago, and, everyone, and, they were like, and I just got the gig for Doctor Who. I was leaving the next day, mm -hmm. and I couldn't tell anybody. And it was like, what shows would you really like to be on? And I'm like, going, well, um... Torchwood or, or who might be interested there were huge cheers I'm going I'm never going to be able to tell the truth to the fans yeah, yeah. that's just the nature of what I do so, so now that you have been on Doctor Who what's what's uh, if you could pick any show to be on what, what would it be Sherlock good choice good choice absolutely it'd be crazy not to yeah Stephen there Sherlock you heard it from the man, Stephen, Stephen Moffat, put this man on Sherlock. Uh, what a show, what a show. Yeah. I mean, that's the interesting thing is we're, we're not just stuck on sci-fi. Great writing is great writing. You know, great television is great television. And, and I think we're all complicit in the fact that we, we, we've, uh, we've been pushing and been trying to get some great television. Us, us, us fans, fan, yeah. fan, it's not just genre anymore. No. You know, it's, it's, great, it's all about great story. Yeah. And well, that is what's great about Sherlock, right? Because it is in genre. Absolutely. You know, but it's 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 an amazing. It's just story. as exciting to me as any episode of Battlestar or anything. Absolutely. Else, so. Absolutely. But I'm looking forward to seeing what more television we make. Geekscape. I am here with Toby Haynes, Doctor Who director. Yeah. Uh, first director for the new series to have five episodes air consecutively. Uh, I I guess so. Yeah. But it's also. But I think I'm the only director who's ever done three stories. Yeah. In consecutive order, even though it's five episodes, but it's three stories. I don't think anybody's done that before. Because uh, in the classic series, the show we used to have six or seven episodes per story, and obviously the director have done that all. But um, this is three stories in a row for me, and it's that's awesome. great. Have, yeah, have yeah. You, so have you taken it as an opportunity to sort of, uh, is there a combining thread and trying to like bring it all together and little Toby Haynes arc? Uh, <laughs> well, it's hard because you, I mean, I didn't know I was going to do three in a row. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've sort of bounced from one to another. Um, no, I just, I get the scripts and I try and do the best for that story at the time. And, um, you know, some of them were like uh, the, the finale episode, obviously was the finale and was the end of a season. and was like a sort of big climactic. Thing. Uh, the Christmas special is its own thing, so it can feel kind of movie-like, and mm -hmm. you know that's a real pleasure to tell a story from beginning, middle, and end. You know, do the whole thing, um, and this is very much the kickoff for the rest of the series. So the rest of the series is kind of hanging on a lot of stuff that we're setting up. Um, so tonally, that influences you as a director. You know, and that's just uh, the nature of it. 
So, you, so are you saying you sort of had an opportunity to set the tone for the for for the series by taking on the first two? I guess so. I mean, again, I'm just responding to the script, and the script is edgier. The script was kind of, um, you know, has a lot of urgency about it and a lot to pack in. And so, you know, and that's the way we went with the episodes. And that's had you shot is. in America before? Never. No, this was my first time shooting over here. This is my first time promoting stuff over here. Really? Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Have you gotten to walk around the con at all or anything? I have. I've been here. I've been here yesterday. I came around and people in costumes and everything. You know. I think it's great. You know, yeah. there's a real sense of celebration here. Like you really celebrate yeah. genre and sci-fi and things like that. And I think, in a way that's sort of totally unashamed, um, and just about love and kind of like appreciation. And that you can't help but get excited and cheered off that as you're yeah. walking around. You and know? Doctor Who has huge, huge presence. It has. It has reach. You yeah. know, I mention. I say what I do when people ask. You know, and they're like Doctor Who. You know. <laughs> I love the way you guys say it. You know, it's great. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, that's just a real thrill. Awesome. It really is. Yeah, awesome. yeah. And, and you also uh, you, uh, directed the, the first episode of Being Human. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, there was a pilot episode, and I did the uh, the first two episodes of the series. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Which is one of my all-time favorite shows. So yeah, great. oh, yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we oh, I was so lucky to get that as well at the time. And, uh, you know, again, I love genre. There's not a lot of genre stuff going on in the UK, and so... It was just a real pleasure to be able to do things like werewolf transformations and stuff like that, and yeah. all the kind of stuff that I loved when I was growing up and still love now. Um, you know, and we got fantastic actors. Look at Aidan Turner, who's off doing The Hobbit, you know, know, and things like that. That was his first thing. I, I discovered him. <laughs> awesome. I, I didn't, but he was great. <laughs> he was fantastic. Well, we're getting the wrap up. So, Toby, thank you so much. Thank it's you. A pleasure meeting you. I can't wait to see the episode. Great to meet you too. Yeah. Well, uh, I hope you enjoy them. I love the clothes. Thank you very much. Have you got the, the suspenders, the braces? Oh. And you got the red ones, like in my episode. Yes, 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 yes. I don't have the exact costume from your episode yet, but I'm working on it. Okay. It's coming. Geekscape, I'm here with Neil Gaiman. And, uh, Neil, we're so, I'm so excited for your episode, episode four, right? Episode four. The Doctor's Wife. Yep. Uh, can you tell me, how do you pronounce it? Is it Idris or Idris? Idris. Idris, okay. All right. And, uh, yeah, the lovely Idris, played by Saran Jones. Yes. Who may turn out... To be an old acquaintance of the Doctors with a new face. This is what I hear, and there's a connection to the War Games as well. There, there, there are there are connections. I, I got to the lovely thing about having watched Doctor Who for 47 years is I got to nick you know little things that I'd remembered and had always sort of half wondered about. So I stole something from the War Games. I stole something from there's a there's a key plot thing that actually started out in an old William Hartnell episode that's in there. Wow. But. Um, I hope all in a way that is not actually going to put anybody off. You're, you, you're always very aware when writing Doctor Who. I say that as if I've written more than one. Um, <laughs> but I, desperately aware that there's a really smart seven-year-old somewhere. And then there's a smart 27-year-old somewhere. And for both of them, this is their first episode. Yeah. And you want to deliver for them. That's awesome. And so that rather than getting bogged down in the minutiae of, of, of you know, the giant mythos, yeah. the most important thing was telling a glorious story. Fantastic. Uh, okay, so I only have one more question. Ask. Who's your doctor? Uh, Patrick Troughton. Patrick Troughton was my doctor. I loved meeting Matt Smith. M Matt now, of course, has the perfect question for anybody he meets of a certain age, because he gets to say to them, yeah. so who was your doctor? And um, William Hartnell was too prickly and strange and grandfatherly, but Pat Troughton, I was six or seven, and he, it, it was like I knew that everything would be safe and good mm -hmm. with him, and he was 
brilliant, swashbuckling, um, little bit pixie-ish, much less pixie-ish than he's sort of remembered as. Yeah. You know, the, the, the thing that fascinates me most about writing The Doctor was the first time I, I said to Steve Moffat, so what is this new Doctor going to be like? You know, we're sitting there having dinner, and he said, he'll just write The Doctor. And it was the best advice I could ever have got. Yeah. Because at that point, you do write The Doctor. And I, I liked the idea that any line I'd written could have been read by Tom Baker or by Pat Troughton or by Christopher Eccleston or by David Tennant yeah. or, you know, and it would have been the Doctor. Yeah. And I did go, I did actually succumb to, to putting one something are cool joke in. Oh yeah, okay. Um, but uh, you'll have to watch the episode to find out what it is that, that the Doctor thinks is cool.